the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Welcome to that show, hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. I'm your host, Nick DiGilio. I'm a podcaster, a comedy writer, and performer, graduate of Second City, and a second and a Saturday Night Live expert and historian. And each week, we'll look back at everything SNL on this podcast. The best, the worst, the good, the bad, the classic, the forgotten. We'll talk about full seasons, full cast, behind-the-scenes stories, episodes, sketches, SNL's historical significance, and much more. Sometimes I'll have guests, sometimes I won't. But with every episode, I will always prove that that tired cliche that we've heard all the time, that show hasn't been funny in years, is absolutely wrong. And I do have a guest on this episode, episode five, uh, and that is Tom Hush. Tom Hush is the executive producer of the Steve Cochran Morning Show that you can hear weekday mornings, 5.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. on WLS AM 890, the Big 89, of which I am a regular, too. You can hear me every other Friday. I'm the film critic for the Steve Cochran Show on WLS AM 890. And Tom Hush is the executive producer. He also used to produce my radio show. Um, And Tom I brought on because he's not only a huge fan of SNL and a smart guy and a knowledgeable guy, but he's also much younger than I am and can give me perspective on what it was like to watch that show as a teenager. And we're specifically concentrating on the SNL digital shorts, specifically the ones that were created by the Lonely Island guys, uh, led by Andy Samberg. When Andy Samberg became a cast member in 2005, he brought with him these uh, two guys, uh, and they are Lonely Island, and they started making these digital shorts. And they were revolutionary, and and I'm not overstating that. They were absolutely revolutionary. When these short films, these digital shorts, came on, it changed the way that people watched the show. And that's what I want to talk with Tom about, him being younger, and how, as a viewer, as a young guy, Watching the show completely changed, and it really revolutionized the way that people watched the show. So we're going to concentrate specifically on this episode about the Lonely Island Andy Samberg-led digital shorts. Now, it's not like short films haven't been a part of SNL's history, because they have since the very beginning. Um, Albert Brooks, the great Albert Brooks, actor, writer, stand-up comedian, filmmaker, who has directed some of the greatest American comedies of all time, including Lost in America and Modern Romance and Real Life and then Defending Your Life, Um, and it goes on. Um, He started out, actually, they wanted him as a cast member on SNL, but he was like, nah, I think I just want to make short films. So he directed and wrote and appeared in several short films that were in the first season of SNL. So it goes all the way back to the first season. They had short films and experimental films, too. Uh, Tom Schiller, who was the son of Bob Schiller, a very famous comedy writer, television comedy writer, used to do Schiller's Reel, which were short films. He did that for like 11 years. The most memorable one was a thing called Don't Look Back in Anger which aired in March of 1978, and it starred John Belushi as an elderly John Belushi, old John Belushi, an old man makeup, dancing on the graves of the other dead, not ready for primetime players. And it became sort of iconic after Belushi died because, of course, he became the first 
not ready for primetime uh, player to actually pass away. But yeah, Tom Schiller did Schiller's Reels, 11 years worth of short films. You got the Bill and the Mr. Bill shorts that Walter Williams did from 1976 to 1980, and those are legendary short films with, oh no, Mr. Bill. And then Robert Smigel did Saturday uh, TV Funhouse, which were a combination of films and videos. Uh, they were live action. They were also, many of them were animated. And he did, uh, Robert Smigel did Saturday TV Funhouse from around 1996 to about 2008. And also T. Sean Shannon, a very crazy SNL writer, briefly on one season did a bunch of short films called Bear City, which I'm going to dedicate an entire episode to, uh, which I have a love for. Uh, and and those, so it's not, you know, this all goes back to the first season of Albert Brooks doing short films. So it's not new, but the digital shorts, kind of began with Adam McKay. When Adam McKay was the head writer back in 2000, he wanted to start directing things, so he thought, I'm going to do some short digital films for SNL. And the first one he did was a thing called The Food Pawn Shop, which uh, was Steve Buscemi and uh, Horatio Sands as guys who ran a pawn shop with used food. And then he also did one called The Pervert. He did another one called The Five Finger Discount with uh, him, Adam McKay, and Molly Shannon as dog thieves. If you can find that somewhere, it's hilarious. But the big one that they did was back in early 2000 when Ben Stiller was the host. They did a thing called The H is O, which was short for The Heat is On. And in it, Ben Stiller played a guy who tried to seduce Glenn Fry, played by Will Ferrell. And it's one of the weirdest and funniest and kind of the very first technically quote-unquote SNL digital short. And it took off. It became very, very popular. And that launched a thing called Funny or Die, which was a video uh, website. And the most memorable of which that Adam McKay made with uh, Will Ferrell was a thing called The Landlord. And that starred, at that time, Adam McKay's two-year-old daughter who knocked on the door and asked for rent from Will Ferrell. And it became a very popular thing. It became viral. And that really kind of launched Funny or Die, the website. And then, of course, Adam McKay would go on to make feature films with Will Ferrell, including Anchorman and Teledega Nights and other guys. And he'd go on to win an Academy Award, undeservedly, but he'd go on to win an Academy Award. But Adam McKay is credited as starting the big first round of the SNL digital shorts. But they did exist when Adam McKay did it. But I want to concentrate entirely on this episode on just the Lonely Island Andy Samberg Uh, SNL digital shorts. Those are the ones that we're going to talk about, the ones that aired between 2005 and 2012. So Adam McKay technically started the SNL digital shorts and then would go on to other things. But the stuff that we're going to be talking about, the revolutionary stuff, the stuff that changed the way people consumed Saturday Night Live is what we're going to be talking about uh, on this episode. And I want to welcome my good friend, Tom Hush. And let's say hey to Tom. Tom Hush. Hi, Tom. How are you, buddy? Hey. Hey, Nick. I'm doing good, man. I'm doing Good. good. How are you? Good, good. Things are good over at the Steve Cochran Morning Show, WLS AM 890. Oh, man. They are, we are just moving like a runaway train starring John Voigt. Um, we're just... <laughs> and Eric Roberts. Don't forget Eric Yeah, Roberts. of course. Of yeah. course. Yeah, no, we're having a great time every single morning. Um, love working with Steve. Love working with Jane. Love working with the whole crew. It's, uh, it's a fun time. Well, it's great to, uh, to you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy and privileged to be a part of it regularly. I'm there every other uh, Friday or so. Uh, reviewing movies and it's always fun to come down there and hang out with you guys it's great yeah so. i mean friday fridays are really such a, a weird day for us because it's just like obviously we're still having the great guests we're still having the great news um you know really operating at high efficiency but 
<laughs> there's 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 really a looseness to it that you yeah. don't get the rest of the week and it's uh you can tell you can tell listening it, to it it does i don't know I, I listen every day and i'm not kidding i'm not i'm not bullshitting i do i listen every day and and uh and yeah there's a different vibe on friday and that's one of the reasons why i love being involved on friday because i'm a dickhead and it's fun so. <laughs> well it's just like you're a great booking because i'm like what's he gonna say no and, uh, yeah like... <laughs> exactly exactly uh, what am i what am i busy no yeah exactly so um anyway well look uh uh we're here to talk about uh the the snl digital short for my podcast here and um specifically when um andy samberg came in and uh and the dudes from um and uh, Akiva and Jorma from, from L- Lonely Island came in and started doing the SNL digital shorts because things changed. Now, you, are, you were born in 1993. Yes. And at that point, the show had been on for almost 20 years. <laughs> yeah. So if you want to feel <laughs> And I've been I mean, watching it. Yeah. yeah I've been, it's I've weird been, to think. It's been eight, it was on for 18 years at that point when you were born. And so um, it had been on for 18 seasons, and I had been watching them all at that point. But, you know, so when you were born... Uh, it's 1993. When, when, before we jump into the SNL uh, uh, digital uh, uh, shorts, would you, what are your earliest memories of SNL when you were watching it as a kid? Right. So um, I would say my first introduction to it was actually the movies. So Wayne's World, uh, Tommy Boy, Black Sheep. Although Tommy Boy and Black Sheep are not based on sketches. Right. Uh, right. Obviously having uh, Chris Farley and David Spade in them. You've got Wayne's World. Uh, a night at the Roxbury was yeah. one that, you know, my cousins would watch all the time. So really I found out about SNL through that and would just ask, like, I would watch them and my mom would be like, Oh, you know, this is based on an, a Saturday night live sketch. And I was like, what the heck is SNL? What's mm-hmm. Saturday night live? So, um, it was at, to that point, probably one of the more, you know, dangerous shows I would watch quote unquote in the sense that I knew it was for grownups. Right. I knew that it was kind of ahead and it was on, of me. It was on, it was on late too. That's another exactly. Thing. Yeah, yeah. So I have some very fond memories of, uh, being at my grandmother's house over on the Northwest side of Chicago and, uh, spending the night there. And she would order a large pizza from Dino's down the street. Yeah. Um, and it, you know, you get the leader of RC and we'd be sitting there and she'd let us stay up late to watch SNL because it was naughty enough for us to be like, you know, titillated by it, but not yeah. so naughty or it, it was, it, we weren't smart enough to get like just how raucous and how yeah. kind of, so, you know, adult so, it could be. So when you were little and you were watching it, what was that? Like Will Ferrell, Molly Shannon, Chris Kattan years, that um, kind of yeah, a little bit, and, a little bit after that, like Tina Fey. Uh, yeah, definitely Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. They, okay. I, because I really remember them being uh, the Weekend Update gals. You know, okay. So we're, we're talking like two thousand, two thousand three ish. Two thousand, yeah, two thousand. Yeah, yeah. So okay. I would have been about like nine, ten years old when I was really watching it. Okay. Um, and also, my dad had uploaded onto my iPod video, you know, <laughs> when it still had the click wheel. Right. He had gotten <laughs> right. he had gotten two SNL best of compilations. He got because that was right when they started releasing those on DVD. Right. And um, he got the best of Chris Farley and the best of Jimmy Fallon. And uh, I would watch those religiously. And I'll be honest, and this is coming from a guy that, in retrospect, 
Like, I don't love, like, I really don't like Jimmy Fallon now, but honestly, his stint on SNL, not terrible. No, really. no, I, it's, no, Tom, it's good. Tom, great work on SNL. He did great work on SNL. Genuinely. I, back, I, I backed Jimmy Fallon on SNL. I totally fucking back him on SNL. It's after yeah. SNL that yeah, I, that, and I can't just even totally lost the plot. I mean, I can't watch the tonight show. I don't know how people can watch it. The only time I watch it is when he has a guest on that I'm in love with. And then I have to like right. sit through, sit through how horrible an interview the guy is. But well, no, yeah. he, I he loved just... him. I loved him on SNL. I thought he was terrific on weekend update. I thought he brought a lot of really funny characters. I thought mm-hmm. his work on SNL was really solid. I, I really, I really do. Yeah. Yeah. Except for the whole, you know, Chris Rock blackface thing. That well, probably that... Is... <laughs> yeah. that's probably haunting yeah. him. No, he's bit. he's already uh, made statements about it. There are a lot of things on SNL in the past where it's like, uh oh, you know. Uh, so, yeah. but but now now I I do want to since we're talking about this. Oh, and before we jump into this, I just want to make sure that everybody knows one thing. Okay, here. I'm a <laughs> I just want to make sure that people know that. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a clip from my favorite um, digital short, which is uh, we'll get into that in a second. That's uh, I threw it on the ground, which is like, uh, God damn, is that funny? But I, let me just say the very first um, Lonely Island uh, SNL digital short was Lettuce, which was aired on December 3rd, 2005, which would have made you 12, right? Yeah, just about, yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, Dane Cook was the host. James Blunt was the musical guest. You want to talk about capturing a period of time when you go back and, yeah, and look Lord. at this, <laughs> Dane Cook was the host. James Blunt oh, was the man. musical guest. Well, yeah, and, and I was like... I'll be real. I was a huge fan of Dane Cook. I was like, oh, he's yelling. He's yeah. just yelling jokes at me. And he's being yeah. he's making gestures. Yeah. He's he's got the the super middle finger thing, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. the Sufi. Get the fuck out of here with that guy. But anyway, so there was a there was a minute when he was very popular. Um now Lettuce showed up about three quarters of the way through. It got cut from uh the Eva Longoria episode in November of two thousand five. They cut it for for time after dress. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, people might not know this. The very first one was written by Will Forte. Akiva Jorma and, 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 uh, and Andy did not write this one. Um, so that was the very first one. I, let, me, let me play a little clip here from Lettuce. It's okay. Let it out. <sighs> it almost just look like such an idiot. Why? Because you care about something and you're not afraid to show it? That's not an idiot. That's a hero. What did I do to deserve you? You've treated me like a friend. I don't know what to say. Sometimes you don't need to say anything. Through good times and bad. Lettuce. Okay, so it, so ultimately, what's happening is this two guys sitting on a porch. It's Will Forte and it's Andy Samberg, and they're and they're biting into giant heads of lettuce. Um, and it is. I dumb. mean, a genius premise. It, it's honestly <laughs> yeah. a genius premise. It, it is. So that was the first one. Now, oddly enough, that one Tom did not take off. <laughs> no. Well, and it's it's so funny that that's the first one because, um, especially with Will Forte, who would really grow into being an icon of anti-comedy yeah. in a lot of ways, especially on SNL, which was, I mean, it's so mainstream. Like, it started out as such a hippie thing, but eventually by this point, it was so mainstream. It had been an institution for years and years. 
and you've got Will Forte, who might be just the one of the weirdest people on the planet, and would yeah. go on to do some really, really out there stuff, both on SNL and uh, outside of SNL. And it's just such a weird premise. Of like, yeah, let's start with this. I, yeah. The audience will not get it. They, and they will and, not understand. And people this. were like, "What?" I laughed my ass off because you know, and right. and I did it. Listen, the, the the very first episode, as you know, Tom, the very first episode of this podcast was entirely about the potato chip sketch. Um, right. which is, you know, encompasses everything that's great about Will Forte <laughs> in four minutes. And so, so I'm a big Forte fan. So that one didn't take off. But about two weeks later, on December 17, 2005, Jack Black was the host. Neil Young was the musical guest that night. Woo! A good night, man. A good Very show. Good and th- let me just play this. This uh, debuted. So everything changed after that, and I mean that. Uh, so tell Absolutely. me about – this is Lazy Sunday. Um, and just – well, first of all, for people who might not know, just briefly describe this uh, SNL short, and then I want to hear your story about how it was as a young kid to see that thing. Yeah, so Lazy Sunday is the uh, heartwarming tale <laughs> of two guys going to see the movie – the the Chronicles of Narnia, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Right. That's it, and they have to get snacks on the way. <laughs> right. That's and, that and, is the concept. That's it, and it's just you know they're buddies. They're on SNL together. It's a Sunday, and uh, so you know Samberg calls Parnell. It's Chris Parnell, one of the most underrated uh, uh, um, uh, uh, members, cast members ever in the history of the show. One of the most reliable and underrated, I think. Absolutely. Uh, and they are they do an, a hardcore rap about going to see the Chronicles of Narnia. And I remember watching it and thinking it was great. But then the impact that it made. So you were 12. Um, yeah, just about 12 going on 13. Yeah. Um, and I'll say this. As much as I had watched some SNL leading up to that, and I was, a, like I said, a fan of the movies and stuff like that, because they were just on com- – I mean, I think Wayne's World was on pretty much every weekend on Comedy Central. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. at that point, I had not uh, – one, I didn't have disposable income, uh, nor had I uh, managed to get a an addiction for collecting physical media uh, outside of uh, maybe my copies of the Lord of the Rings trilogy. But um, – so basically, like any movies I watched was on cable and things like that. But uh, despite the fact that I did like SNL and I had a context for it, I did not watch it every week because I was 12 and there were other things I liked watching and I liked going and playing with my friends and mm-hmm. things like that. And but, then also and also as those years would go by, you were you'd become a teenager and it would not be cool for a teenager to stay home and watch SNL. Absolutely. Yeah, and, absolutely and, not. And as those years went on, it became more and more frequent and regular that people wouldn't watch it and that they could catch it online. Absolutely. So I think when you're talking when the first time we saw me and my friends saw Lazy Sunday, we did not know it was Saturday Night Live. 
Mm-hmm. It was just a video that was on this weird new website called YouTube right. that had tons of videos you could watch whenever you wanted. And it was on the internet and it was uncensored and it was strange. They would put re- people would put the weirdest stuff on YouTube and it usually cornered a particularly at that time, young, very young millennial sense of humor, very random, very uh, non sequitur, very pop culture heavy. So this comes along and you get a entire rap, which is hilarious, referencing tons of things that we love, like red vines and dr and mr pib right and the and the chronicles of narnia possibly one of the most uh exciting movies maybe any of us had ever seen when we were 12 sure and um (laughs) i know right it's it's weird but it's all this stuff we know and they turn it into a rap and it's super goofy and super dumb and makes no sense and it's short it's very short it lasts it's a sketch that lasts like well, well, four to, this length of yeah about, about four, four minutes. minutes yeah and and you could watch it again and again and again yeah. and i have to stress that we had no idea this was saturday night live we were just like what is this this is crazy we're gonna watch it a million times and unlike saturday most other saturday night live uh at that time you unless you taped it or at that point tivoed it which tivo was like basically brand new to most people as a wide concept um, you could not watch SNL again unless you got a rerun somewhere. And I think they may have been rerunning like some SNL on like E or something at that point. Yeah. But basically, if you didn't see SNL that week, you just you never got to watch it. So we now had this platform, YouTube, where we could watch this thing that made us laugh uncontrollably again and again and again and not only that we could go over to our friends houses and be like yo have you seen this thing lazy sunday no what is it and then watch it again and then laugh all over again it was mind-blowing and really changed the way that we watched anything at all if it wasn't capable if we weren't basically if we weren't able to watch it again and again and again it wasn't funny uh, and you're and you are not alone on that. In fact, it exploded across the country. This thing uh, became one of the biggest, one of the very first, quote unquote, viral videos that really took off. Like people were sending it to each other in emails and links, you know, and, uh, and all kinds of stuff. And yeah, the YouTube thing took off. I also remember that there was a at that time, YouTube was really big, but there was also uh, College Humor. Uh, that website, yeah, huge, um, huge. Oh my god! Yeah, and Jeez. and they and I remember that they were the kind of place like they were the hip places to check out these new sort of weird comedy videos, and and at first, you know, because because you know the Lonely Island guys, you know Akiva and uh, Jorma and and Andy, they were in their twenties, man. They were young when they right. got hired, and they knew what was next. You know what I mean? They were hip to that shit. And it took a long time to convince Lauren. Lauren's like, oh, I don't know if we want to do a YouTube thing. You know, he didn't know what the fuck was going on. And sure. so you got these 20-year-old dudes, these three 20-year-old dudes, who, by the way, had been doing this for a while. They had been doing these short films for a while before they were actually done on SNL. And so these young guys come in in their 20s. And with Lazy Sunday, the way it took off, you know, Lauren's not going to argue numbers. You know what I mean? Like, if, no, you, if, no. if you prove, then he's like, okay, you guys do whatever the hell you want. And after Lazy Sunday... They were given carte blanche, and week after week after week, they would do these SNL digital shorts 
that would range from good. I can, I, can, I can barely remember any that weren't good. They were almost all good. They would be good to fucking amazing. And mm. it literally, as you said, Tom, from your point of view, it changed the way people watch the show. And not just people watching that show, but every show. Right. It was something that um, I think if they had not come along and if they had not seen the ultimate um, end goal of these shorts, which was like you said, you know, the, the zeitgeist of comedy was changing and uh, the internet was, and, and th- it happened over a period of time, but especially once you get to the mid two thousands, the internet is really starting to come into its own as a place for outsider art and outsider comedy and having these guys, the lonely Island bringing some of that into the fold. um, It it saved the show. And I'm not really sure where SNL would be if that had not happened Mm -hmm. because, um, and and we can maybe dig into this a little bit more after we listen to some more clips from the shorts, but NBC didn't get it. Yeah. And that copy, the whole copyright thing and NBC saying like, well, how come people get to watch these SNL sort this is our, this is our show. How come they get right. to watch it on this website for free? That becomes a problem for them. And it ultimately, it, it almost kills the entire momentum of what the Lonely Island was doing. Yeah, it's true. And because like, you know, obviously, you know, the exposure was one thing, but NBC, of course, they want money, you know, and, and, and this Naturally. was like, this was like, well, what are we going to do about this? And obviously it's weird to even think that that was a conversation now. You know what I mean? Like that, like how, why would you not want people in their teens to watch a three minute clip from SNL? Because that's going to mean that, that, that means that they're going to want to watch. Now, after you watch that clip and you realize that it was, when did you realize it was SNL? It was, um, I think I just happened to watch SNL. A few weeks later, okay. I was, you know, probably at my grandma's. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'm bored. You know, I, I love my grandmother so much. She's the best. There ain't nothing to do with that house except watch TV. Yeah. Sure. Uh, when you were sure, when you were like 13, 14 years old. Yeah. Uh, you know, and um, so I was staying up late and I was like, yeah, I'll catch some SNL. And I'm like, wait a second. That's the guy. Yeah. That's Andy Samberg. And I recognized them. They were, and I think it was probably in a regular sketch. Yeah. Um, And I was like, holy cow, that's the guy. Did they hire him? And then they, I'm pretty sure they ended up doing another digital short. And I was like, oh my God, the, this, these are the guys. These are the dudes. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. But now did that change your opinion of it? You know, as a kid, did that, did you go, oh wait, SNL is cool. Did that kind of did Andy Samberg and, and oh and absolutely that did that sort of kind of like change your opinion? It wasn't like my grandmother's show. This could be my show. Yeah, it it, be, it became that. It became something that was no longer. It it became so much more current. It was no longer in the realm of like, uh, like SNL to me until the Lonely Island comes along was kind of in the same headspace as like Monty Python's Flying Circus, which was. It's totally rad, very funny, influential on my sense of humor, but old. You know, yeah. I'm like, okay, yeah, 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 that's like gone now. It's not new. Um, and it didn't really, even though stuff like, you know, pre the 90s SNL specifically and Monty Python's Flying Circus was influential on my sense of humor, um, this captured 
a time and place. I was like, you know, this is what makes me and my friends laugh now. This is the yeah. kind of stuff me and my friends joke about and laugh about and want to do and make dumb videos at home with my parents, you know, mm -hmm. uh, like video camera. Right. You know, this is the kind of stuff that we wanted to do and, and expanded our imaginations in a way about what we could, what content could be, what jokes could be, what we were capable of doing in our own backyard. Because yeah. I, yeah. I imagine it's what, you know, not to self-aggrandize, but it, I imagine it's what um, Steven Spielberg felt like the first time he got an 8 millimeter camera. Like yeah. the first time he got a Super 8 camera. Yeah. I'm sure it felt like a freeing moment. Yeah. That he realized that, like, oh, man, I can make stuff. Mm -hmm. These guys, the Lonely Island, they were young like us. Obviously, you know, older young. But they felt like they were living in the same world as us. They thought the same stuff was funny. And they showed us that, like, no, you can literally just grab two of your buddies and make something really right. stupid. And it'll right. go viral on the Internet. And, uh, and that was a completely new concept. And again, it took a long time for NBC, you know, in, in their lawyer department to warm up to it in terms of like getting the money. And it took Lauren a little while because Lauren was, you know, like, you know, and at that point, you're right. Uh, in the early 2000s, you know, people were watching SNL. I mean, obviously, during the, the you know, the 2000 election, the, the ratings went through the roof because you couldn't ask for a better news cycle to do SNL at that time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so people were watching it, but it wasn't necessarily young and hip. And then when these guys came in and they started doing this, it, it was and it changed the show. And it also changed literally changed the way people watch things. Um, people now, you know, like this last weekend was uh, Pedro um, Pascal was the host. And right. it was one of the it was one of the best episodes of SNL. All, I mean, the, the best so far this season and one of the best in a couple of years. Like every sketch was good and it was hilarious. And, and, it, and it had a fantastic 1250 sketch where everybody broke because Ego was trying to cut a, a well done steak. And it was fucking hilarious. <laughs> and, and so but younger people are watching it now. But they're watching it on their laptops or they're watching it on their phones now. And back in 2005, that was unheard of. Mm -hmm. um, and, and when Lazy Sunday came out and these digital shorts came out, that was the new way of watching it. You're going to watch. People don't watch. A ton of people don't watch it on Saturday night while it's happening. People will watch it on Monday morning at work or they'll watch it on Sunday afternoon or whatever on their phone or right. on their laptop. And this was the precursor for all of that. And all of these shorts that we're talking about. That really just every with every digital short and with every year that went by, more people were watching it and more people were watching it in that way. And then suddenly it was like NBC had to embrace it. Lauren had to embrace it. And everybody had to accept the fact that this is now how we watch it. And, you know, uh, Tom, how, uh, NBC posts a sketch a half an hour after it airs, 20 oh minutes God, after yeah. it airs. I mean, yeah. I watch it live. If I'm not home, I watch it live. If, if I'm home, if I'm not home, obviously I don't because I'm, you know, I'm not Ultraman. But, uh, but, <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so, and you can watch it. And while you're watching it, literally five to 10 minutes later, that sketch that just aired is now on NBC.com is now on the internet. Mm -hmm. And could you imagine that when you were a kid? Can you imagine that being a thing? Oh my God. I mean, <laughs> usually what we were watching were like people who had taped the show somehow like they like because yeah, you could right you could you could dv get stuff off your dvr yeah and it was like it was it was totally unofficial it was totally not allowed it was you know copyright infringement but that yeah. was just how you watched stuff right that was how we got our fix and i think one one thing that we've both honed in on is that once the advent of people being able to rewatch it uh 
you know, SNL again and again and again started. And with the digital shorts, they were perfect for that repeat viewing. And you just watched that one sketch over and over and over again. Yeah. You might, you wouldn't like remember the rest of what aired that week. If there was a good digital short, it was all, it was yeah. everything your friends were like making yeah. fun of the next day, along with any other random internet yeah. crap that we'd consumed over the over so the you weekend. so you would watch dramatic chick month and then lazy sunday that, that yeah ex- oh my god yeah <laughs> wow that is a video i haven't thought about in years still one of my favorite of all time uh, yeah it's yeah. it's but it's it, insane it's but amazing it, it, it's yeah. amazing now you count in popularity how many hits you get you know what i mean and how sure. many you know it's amazing well anyway let's go back and let's talk about some of them i want to talk about some of your favorites let me go to one that you might have watched uh well you this was march 4th 2006 fallout boy was the was the musical guest uh tom Oh well, and, that yeah. Then I probably watched this episode. <laughs> and uh, and this this was your this was your host. I'm sorry, Natalie. Are we to believe you condone driving while intoxicated? I never said I was a role model. But what about the kids that look up to you? Do you have a message for them? All the kids looking up to me can suck my and put their mother till I'm sick. So that's Natalie Portman. <laughs> Another one of my favorites. At that time, uh, uh, you know, uh, Andy was doing a little a little extra activity with natalie uh they were kind of thing and so uh they did the lonely island guys did natalie's rap which was uh brilliant and like completely counter to what her reputation was and again it took off and i'm assuming you remember that one oh a hundred percent um that was a a really really big one um especially because i'm a big fan of using bleeps I think bleeps because, and obviously they have to use them. Yeah. But to me, there's something hysterical about you having to fill in the word for Natalie. Yeah. Uh, especially. You know, can I can I just that... mention really quickly, Tom? That's, yeah. I, I agree with you a thousand percent on that. I have um, the the entire box set of the Osbournes, and I never ever watch it uncensored, ever. Oh I God. only watch yeah. it with the beeps. Com- to me, it's funnier. I agree with you a thousand percent. And nobody, you and I, this is why you and I get along so well together, because we think weird shit. Like, I prefer the Osbournes with the, with the beeps. I think it's funnier. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's so much funnier that you have it just because, because like the comedy comes from you not like it, it becomes so profane that you literally can't like right. it's just fragments of sentences right and uh like you said this this totally went against natalie portman's like good girl attitude i mean she i mean free, she was freaking queen amidala to me you know yeah. that was she was from star wars you know and by the way the kid, the kid that she screams at is dressed up like the little kid is dressed yeah, in ex- that clip oh that we just God. played is dressed up like her yeah so funny <laughs> yeah. so so friggin' funny and <laughs> <laughs> and, again, just, uh, and again it, tapping into that young voice the young people that are going to watch it if i remember correctly also i don't know if you remember that episode tom but she also one of my favorite sketches ever is the jamba juice sketch that they did when she was like the she worked at the jamba juice and would not oh, stop yeah, jumping, yeah, yeah. jumping up and down and gets very upset when no one wants the extra boost i just yeah. remember that one. <laughs> <laughs> but so God, now that's, that's, a, uh, that's, that's a that's a weird phrase to hear jamba juice yeah i was yeah. like i don't know I, I think those are gone right yeah the There's one no more the, jamba the, juice the one right? at clark the one at clark and diversity that i used to stop in before i would go to the century movie theater uh that's now a, whatever mr donut Don, johnny's donuts or whatever oh, is it stands yeah, yeah it stands yeah. stands donuts now yeah yeah uh so anyway but all right let, let's move on a little bit we got natalie's wrap this one here the next one is the first of seven this is laser cats so i don't know it doesn't sound good Okay, 
That's fair. But I think you should watch it before you make any final decisions. In the future, there was a nuclear war. And because of all the radiation, cats developed the ability to shoot lasers out of their mouths. Some will use the cats for good, others for evil. Who will win in a world of laser cats? So, uh, <laughs> I love laser cats. Uh, and again, that took off, became seven parts, uh, and also featured, uh, Tom, cameos by little guys like Steven Spielberg and right. James Cameron. Um, and other folks. And it went on to seven parts. That very first one aired on April 15, 2006. Here's another time capsule for you. Lindsay Lohan. Oh, uh, my God. And Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam was the musical guest. That would have been, that's the avocado album, right? Yeah. They would have been promoting. Yep, yep, absolutely. And that was, I believe, the fourth time Lindsay hosted. Or, uh, or third time. Third time Lindsay hosted. Oh, my um, God. Yeah. And then, Whatever uh, happened to her? Uh, she, hey, man, she <laughs> she just did a Netflix or a, a, a Christmas a movie net, yeah, that, a that broke movie. all kinds of records. Uh, her Christmas movie. Dude, she just got I married. Mean, I used to love her, man. When Mean Girls came out, I adored her. I thought she, I predicted an Oscar in her future. Like, after I saw the Robert Altman movie, I was like, oh, man, she's the shit. She's the deal. And then she started hanging out with Paris Hilton and all kinds of shit. So, yeah, I think um, um, Freaky Friday was a big one. I loved I her mean, she, in that. I go back, I go back with her to uh, the remake of The Parent Trap. Absolutely, which, man. I kid you not, I was convinced that there were Lohan twins, like there were Mary-Kate and Ashley. I was like, it, I was like oh, see, yeah, I love that movie with the Lohan twins. My mom's like, there's only one of her. That's right. just, I'm like, how the hell did they do that? It's funny because when I was a kid, uh, the original Parent Trap with Haley Mills was, I loved Haley Mills, and I fell in love mm-hmm. with her, and, and I discovered that there weren't twins uh, of her. All right, let's there's move on to some one of the other ones. There's only, there's only one. All right, let's move on. Here's a, here's a legendary one. This one is absolutely legendary. December 16, 2006. Well, I just, I'll just play it. For all the fellas out there with ladies to impress, it's easy to do. Just follow these steps. One. Cut a hole in a box. Two. Put your junk in that box. Three. Make her open the box. And that's the way you do it. It's like in a box. Yeah. So, Next by the level. way, Tom, that is... Yeah. Almost one year to the day that Lazy Sunday came out. And in between that time, one year, by the time Dick in a Box came out, everything had changed in one year. Absolutely, yeah. And um, Dick in a Box is just... (laughs) It it also creates the relationship between the Lonely Island, specifically, I think, Sandberg and Justin Timberlake. Yeah. Um, Their collaborations, and, and it showed Justin Timberlake in a whole new light, especially for... Like kids like me, I grew up on NSYNC. NSYNC was huge. Oh yeah. my God. They were yeah. massive. Yeah. And they, he was just kind of like this boy band. And then he does his, his solo record. And then this shows such a comedic side of him that nobody had any idea he was capable of. Yeah. And it's the craziest part about any song that they do. And I'm sure we'll get into the albums that they've done. But any song that the Lonely Island does is a legitimately good song. Well-produced, yeah. well-written, yep. absolutely stunning lyrics of, of creativity. So yep. Dig in yep. a Box became a Christmas treasure. It you did. Know, and, and, and then they followed it. They, followed, they did uh, the Golden Rule, the three-way Golden Rule with Lady yeah. Gaga. They did Mother Lover with, <laughs> with Susan Lovers. Sarandon and Patricia Clarkson. Dude, I, that, that confused me sexually for a little bit. I was like... 
I'm like, what is what is going on here? <laughs> but yeah, you're right. At that time, Timberlake he became like, he became like the man. And, yeah, and, uh, he's and, the only one from InSync that made anything of himself post InSync. Really, I mean, yeah. it showed that he was the superstar because he could dance, he could act, he could sing, yep. and he was funny about yep. it. Like he yep. he understood who he was. Now, in chronological order, we're going to go to the next one uh, that I don't have a clip from uh, because I can't play it for music rights. But this was April 14th, 2007. Shia LaBeouf was your, was your guest, was your host. And Avril Lavigne was your musical guest. And this was the night that the shooting uh, premiered. Now, now, this one, Tom, you, go, go to town on this one because this is your favorite oh, SNL my God. short. And it goes by a different name as well, right? The, the yeah. name of the song. Yeah. So, well, so the... I we always refer to it as Dear Sister. Right. Um and the song it's it's all a reference to an episode of the OC, right? <laughs> yes it is. Yes. Yeah, so it's all it's all a reference to this episode of the OC where people shoot each other. It's so uh dramatic and it's a great setup because it's just like what if we got all these people in a room and had them shoot each other for no reason for virtually no reason right you've got Shia LaBeouf uh Bill Hader um Andy. and yeah Andy you've got uh Jason Sudeikis and uh Fred Armisen later as cops right um and it all centers around this letter that Shia LaBeouf I think is it Shia LaBeouf that's reading the letter it's, um, it's hater it's hater okay yeah. it's hater's sister le- leaves him this letter yeah. you don't really know what the letter says they always start reading it and then they start <laughs> shooting each other right. in like a mexican standoff and it's and every time they shoot each other they reference the oc scene which plays this song called hide and seek by imogen heap right. and it's just it's always the hook what you say yeah mm, that's you only and it's so overly dramatic and well done and they just keep doing it and that's the comedy of it until you get to the final scene where it is uh jason sudeikis and fred armison come in there's shia labeouf bill Hader, and andy sandberg all dead on the ground and i think Kristen wig plays the sister yes yes she's dead on the ground right and they all come in and uh, Fred Armisen picks up the letter and reads it out. And the, basically the letter describes what just happened as a prediction. And then the two cops shoot each other. And it's, it's so ridiculous. We watched it must have been hundreds of times. Yeah. And again, it's that pop culture sensibility. They're referencing something specific that we all know. And they're doing it. And they're just turning it up to 11. They're like, what if we took this scene, we copy it, and just take it to the absolutely most ridiculous conclusion of everybody shoots each other. And it's uh, incredible. And again, it's the virality of it. It's the song that just now, were keeps you, playing on repeat. Were you, were, were you, I mean, you were obviously aware of the OC, but were you a fan? Were you watching it? No, I was yeah. just, okay. just like I, from cultural osmosis. Um, yeah. Because people, you know, girls my age and, and you know, people my age were just watching The O.C. That was a yeah. show that was on, you know. I, well, I think really I my to... cousin Cassandra really watched oh, is that, The O.C. Oh, is that who? Because I never, like, when I watched it, I thought it was funny, but I didn't quite, I didn't know the reference at all because I never watched The O.C. And again, you know, I got I had to go online and find out, oh, <laughs> it's, it's a reference to The O.C. I didn't know that. I thought the sketch yeah. itself was funny in that weird, as you say, uh, 
ridiculous way that they would build the ridiculousness. And yeah, that's one it, of the things I loved about it. Yeah, it totally works on its own, it. too. Yeah. It now totally just works on its own. Here's another one. December 6, 2008, John Malkovich was your guest, was your host. T.I. was the musical guest. And this one builds on it, too. This is another one of my favorites. Last week, I saw a film. As I recall, it was a horror film. Walked outside into the rain. Checked my phone and saw you rang. And I jizzed in my past. Speeding down the street when the red lights flash. Need to get away, need to make a dash. A song comes on that reminds me of you. And I jizz in my past. Next day, my alarm goes off. And I jizz in my past. Open my window and a breeze rolls in. And I jizz in my past. When Bruce Willis was dead at the end of Sixth Sense. I jizzed in my pants. I just ate a grape and I jizzed in my pants. I went jizzed okay. in my Seriously, pants. you guys, can we? Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> okay, that's one of my that's one of my favorites of all time. The whole Bruce Willis is dead. I jizzed in my pants. Yeah. Uh, so again, what you said about that last one, it just builds on this ridiculous idea. You know, yeah, and they just have, like they, they have one joke that yep. they just kind of build on top of and take it to a ridiculous. And conclusion. I have no problem with that structure at all. <laughs> absolutely not. If a joke is funny, run it into the goddamn ground. I don't care. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and so no, so Jizz in my pants a great one. But this brings me brings us to my favorite of all time. Uh, and this aired October third, two thousand nine. Ryan Reynolds was the host. He also appears in this clip, and Lady Gaga was the musical guest. And this is just my favorite. My dad's not a phone. Duh. Some poser hands me cake at a birthday party. What you want me to do with this? Eat it. Happy birthday to the ground. I threw the rest of the cake too. Welcome to the real world, jackass. So it's... <laughs> it just... <laughs> I've seen it, Tom, and you know you're laughing. I've seen, how many times have you seen? I threw it on the ground. Can, oh, we, can, you, can we even? Can, can uh, we do a ballpark? A ballpark figure on how many times? It's got to be. It's got to be like a hundred times. Easy, I watched man. that. I watched that Easy. a lot when it first came out. Um, I and I laugh my ass off every single time when the cake, the slow motion cake hits. I threw the rest of the cake too. You know that. Yeah. All of that. I mean, I'm an adult. I mean, the. I mean. It's my favorite. It's my favorite. And I laugh my ass off every single time in the whole thing. And then, of course, it becomes being tased in the butthole. So they go for that. Yeah. And, they were, and they were never like the, guy, the guys were never above doing really stupid base humor. And they embrace it. And I love it. I love that. Yeah. I think something that uh, would be good to mention is that by the time you get to I Threw It on the Ground, two big things have happened for the Lonely Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go for uh, it. Two, 2007, Hot Rod hits theaters. Yeah. Um, as far as I know, it was not particularly, like, big. Oh, no. No, no, Tom, It totally it bomb. bombed. It was a bomb. Yeah, it, it totally was a bomb. bombed. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. me and my friends all saw it, and it remains an absolute favorite to this day. Yeah. I think it is friggin' genius. Yep, Hot I'm Rod is you. one of the funniest comedies I'm I've ever seen. I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. Um, and listen, and, then and he, you're also talking to the guy who's seen MacGruber, the movie, about 40,000 Oh, yeah, times, absolutely. So, yeah. Ridiculous. Rid- yeah. yeah, like, MacGruber <laughs> is, I mean, make sure you do a podcast about Oh, that. I, no, no, trust um, me. It's in the works, my friend. Yeah. My <laughs> God. So, and then 2009, uh, The Lonely Island re- releases their album, Incredibad. Yeah. Which is Based on that was their original name before the Lonely Island was Incredibad when they created this idea of a of like a musical troupe they were going to call themselves Incredibad, 
but they ended up doing the Lonely Island, which was named after their apartment, which was apparently like really hard to leave in mid in like Midtown or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so you get the album comes out in 2009. And I'm not kidding. That would have been like, uh, you know, when I was going from freshman, sophomore year of high school and we were allowed to listen to music in the hallways. And I, you know, I know I'm a real peachy character, but uh, believe it or not, in the hallways, I didn't want to be friggin talked to. Yeah. Um, I, I wanted to be left alone a lot of the time. And I would just bump this and me and my friends would listen to it all the time. It included a lot of already existing sketches yeah. as just standalone songs, but also just um, some ridiculous ones like Santana DVX, right. which is a crazy song. Right. Saxman, um, Boombox is a crazy song, Like a Boss, which I think all of those... A lot of those had um, like a boss was, def- was a short, yeah. Like, like a boss yeah. was a short. For we, sure, yeah. yeah, we like sports. Roz, yeah. Yeah. Tr- right. Roz Trent, which is really Roz Trent, is another weird one that they did with Andy Samberg as like a white Rastafarian. Right. That, I feel like a lot of those jokes go over your head if you've never met someone like that or right. don't know like right. you know uh, like Rasta lingo. Yeah. And unfortunately, I knew several people in high school that were like wannabe white Rastafarians like dreads and everything. And that was at a time where it's like, technically it's acceptable because it's 2009, but we were all like, hmm, this feels kind of racist, but whatever. There's not really anything I can do about it. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, that album, I think really cements the lonely Island as uh, being bi- possibly bigger than SNL itself. And 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 really for your generation a big thing, right? I mean, this was like this was the shit. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, this was the stuff that we were we were my spacing about this man. You know, <laughs> uh, we were. Yeah, when, yeah. If you if you would have known me, would I've been in your top five? That's all I'm asking. Oh, uh, please. Top like it was a top eight, number one. Oh, was okay. There? Okay. One. Sorry, I thought it was you. Five. You know what? Probably because you'd we'd be sending each other really dumb shit. Right. Uh, you'd probably be at least in the top eight. Okay, good. I'm glad to hear that. All right, let me let me move on here. I want to get more of your reaction to this stuff, but I have sure. a few, just a few more quick clips to play. You got Here's it. another one of my favorites. This is December 5th, 2009. By the way, a legendary night. You know why? Why is that? Also the night that the potato chip sketch happened. Okay, uh, there Yeah, is. Blake Lively was your host. Rihanna was your guest, uh, was your musical guest. And this, of course, happened because Rihanna was there. So, so <laughs> that Shirani, also one of my favorites, uh, where he played the shy rapper, the dorky shy rapper who can't sing in front of the class until Rihanna has left and he pees his pants. Yeah. Like, again, one joke. And they do it no, well. yeah, that's that's literally the whole bit. And <laughs> right. it, it goes to show how much clout they have 
in getting someone like Rihanna, oh, who yeah. was and is a huge star, to yeah. do something this just mental. Oh, like, and, it's the, a and ridiculous they kept, and, they, song. and as you know, they kept getting, like I mentioned, Spielberg and James Cameron were in Laser yeah. Cats. I mean, you know, like these are the biggest people in the world, and they were all, this is how much it captured. Now, the album, when did they, they had a second album? Yeah, second album comes out in 2011, and that okay. one is called Turtleneck and Chain, and that right. <laughs> has stuff like Mother Lover, Threw It on the Ground. Uh, I think Shirani's on that. Yeah. Ah, uh, man. All right, one more here. I have another quick clip. This is December 19, 2009. James Franco uh, is, your, is your host. Muse is the musical guest, my oh, friend. Oh, Christ. Uh, Tizzle Wizzle. Remember this? Knives, <laughs> knives, all types of knives. Everybody pick out your favorite knives. Short ones, long ones, one with spikes. Three more seconds to choose your knife. Three, two, Pills, pills, all types of pills. Everyone must take at least one pill. Gobble them, swallow them, eat them down. Don't spit them out, because we'll know. Yay! The pills take hold of your mind and flesh. You're brave and strong. You don't fear death. Jeez! Steal yourself, it's time for war. Your glowing stick is how we keep score. Hop to the left and raise your knife. It's a fight to the death, now kill the lights. Okay, so that was like a kid's show where they're all kids and they're kind of like in pajamas. Yeah. And James Franco was the new guy and was shocked at the fact that they were going to take pills and stab each other. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what... <laughs> That's dark, man. That's, I mean, (laughs) it's Um, the, what they were willing to do comedically was, uh, it definitely got out really out there. And and obviously it's, you know, predicted by lettuce yeah. because of course the guys who made lettuce were all, would also come up with a sketch where they all take pills and try to kill each other with knives. Like that, of course they would. So here's another one. This is one of my favorites, too. This is uh, a, a guy, Andy Samberg. Uh, this is another song where Andy Samberg is singing about what a great day it is because he enjoys cocaine. Hey there, mailman Fred. Any letters for my ex-wife or the kids? No. Fantastic news. <laughs> Wonderful day. Makes me feel so happy that my face is numb. Okay. So oh my God. He's covered in cocaine. In yeah. Sketch. And then at the end, it's revealed that he's just kind of standing in the middle of the street going, and people are walking their dogs. <laughs> just, the hell is wrong with that guy? <laughs> that was Alec Baldwin and Tom Petty. Uh, they were, they were, mm-hmm. uh, they were, they made a sketch. And then the last clip that I have, and then we have a few more to talk about, and I want to get more of your thoughts. This sure. is just, this is one doesn't involve a song. This is just one that makes me laugh because it, it's repeatedly someone getting hit in the nuts, which is always funny. Um, March 10th, 2012, Jonah Hill is your host. The Shins were the musical guest. Uh, this involves tennis balls being shot at uh, Jonah Hill's nuts. Well, a little science snafu, but none the worse for wear. How you feeling, Dean? It's all right. Yeah, this is helping. <laughs> Glenn, come on. What are you doing? Sorry. I was moving it to the truck. Turn it off! <laughs> Sorry. That was the backup machine. They are both off now. What is wrong with you guys? This is not good science. <laughs> Sorry. I was just practicing my serve. How did McEnroe get in here? John McEnroe and leave the nuts. Come from? Came from hell. Both the machines are off. That's impossible. Oh, is it? Hey, how you doing, man? I'm Rick. I'm with Ghostbinders. Well, okay, so, little- so <laughs> that just is repeatedly Jonah Jonah Hill getting hit in the nuts. Um, I just played that one because it makes me laugh. So yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, your favorites? You said that you your your three favorites were. So definitely Lazy Sunday, Dear Sister, and then uh, I it was. 
I, did they ever air I'm on a boat as a sketch? Yes, they did. Okay, yeah. I'm yeah. on a boat is up there. That yeah. that with uh um I think it's T Pain. Yeah. It is up there. Yeah. Oh my god. We used to we we used to sing that to each other all the time. Be like, Yeah, I'm on a boat, motherfucker. You know, February like, so February February seventh, two thousand nine. Bradley Cooper was the host. T V on the radio was the musical guest there. Oh well that's why. That's a good yeah. episode, honestly. Because yeah. Bradley Cooper is coming hot off the Cut off the hangover for that one. Holy yeah. Cow. Yeah. And that was like uh, before I liked Bradley Cooper because I hated him up until uh, <laughs> up until because I hated the hangover movies. I hate those movies. But but uh, I hated him up until that. Now, let me just fly down a few titles, Tom. OK. OK. And I'll give you the date that they were on and we can r- reminisce a little bit. You remember young Chuck Norris, January 12, 2006. Oh, jeez. Um, that's uh... Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis singing a song about his hero, Chuck Norris. Uh, <laughs> um, how about my testicles with Tom Hanks, where he's like a right yep. said Fred guy? Yeah, that was May yeah, six, yeah. two thousand six. Uh, and then we've got uh, Body Fusion, which was uh, with Drew Barrymore, Maya Rudolph, Kristen Wiig, and Amy Poehler as like eighties aerobics instructors. My God, these are some deep cuts. Yeah. I'm oh, dude, you got to look these... up. You got to you got to watch Body Fusion. You got to watch okay. Body Fusion. Um, oh. How about this one? This is one of my favorites ever. People getting punched in the face just before eating. Yeah. Yes. You done. Yeah. I love the music too. It's like did did Right. Exactly. Exactly. and then there was um The Mirror from March of 2008. Um Laser 3D that was um Christopher Walken was the host that night. Um Laser Cats Forever, I'm on a boat, Mother Lover. Uh, throw it on the ground. Uh, two worlds collide. Where um, uh, that's where where uh, uh, Keenan is dressed up like Reba McIntyre. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was then Shirani, Tizzle, Wizzle, Laser Cats Five. How about this one? Jack Zach drops by the set. This is where Zach Galifianakis drops by a whole bunch of uh, NBC shows. Like he's on the tonight the Today Show in no. the background, and then he just pops into a bunch of them. Huge. Uh, the Golden Girls with Rachel Dratch, Tina Fey, Anna Gasteyer, Amy Poehler, um, Maya Rudolph, and Molly Shannon. That was when Betty White hosted, and they did a Golden Girls thing uh, when Betty White hosted in 2010 for Mother's Day. Okay. Um, I Broke My Arm, Emma Stone, where she breaks her arm at school, and, is good, and she's in the cafeteria. <laughs> that's, that's a classic one. Shirani 2. Bonnie yeah, and Sh- Clyde, where they're Bonnie yeah. and Clyde. Um, that one, I, I honestly like that one uh, even better because yeah. you get to see Rihanna in um, full on nineteen, man. yeah, full on nineteen thirties gangster yep. wear. Yep. Uh, let's see. There is. Uh, I just had sex. Come on, man. Uh, uh, yeah. Classic. Two, December eighteenth, uh, two thousand ten. Brett Jeff Bridges was the host of that one. How about the creep with John Waters? Um, that one was. I <laughs> that was really uncomfortable. Although I did. <laughs> I did appreciate that John Waters was in it. I was like, yeah. that's an amazing get, an amazing choice. Um, Laser Cats, the musical. That was Laser Cats Part <laughs> 6. Uh, how about this one, man, that brought Michael Bolton back to hipness, Jack Sparrow? Yeah. How about that shit? When Michael she, Bolton oh, was like, Jesus. wait a minute, Michael Bolton's hilarious? When did that happen? Yeah, and they keep insisting that they're like, <laughs> it's like, okay, we're back in the club, you know. Yeah. And he's like, this is the tale <laughs> yeah. of Captain Jack Sparrow. It's, it's, like, it's, it's classic, man. It's un- yeah, we don't get that really dumb Valentine's Day special without him doing the Jack Sparrow thing. That's it's true, so man. Funny. It's so true. And that was like, wow. And, and then that you talking about bringing people in to that joke. 
I mean, yeah. at that time, like Michael Bolton was a long time joke. I mean, you know, they made fun of him in Office Space and all that stuff, and it was the same kind of sensibility. And then that was like the the Renaissance period of Michael Bolton. Seriously, <laughs> I mean, I think people really got back into Bolton for I'm that not, one. I, I agree, man. Jack Sparrow. How about V next with Ben Stiller, uh, where they're doing like a. a <laughs> it's like who's got the best V neck, and they keep getting lower and lower. You remember that one? Uh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, how about uh, Tennis Balls I mentioned, LaserCast 4, and then the 100th digital short, which featured everybody and brought back a whole bunch of uh, right. famous ones. And then the last one they did was Lazy Sunday 2, uh, and that was on uh, May 19, 2012, and that was the episode where uh, Mick Jagger was the host, Foo Fighters, Arcade Fire, Jeff Beck was there. It was the night everybody said goodbye to, uh, to Kristen Wiig uh, and Andy Samberg, uh, and yeah. that was the last time. And, and then they came back and did. Then they came back in 2018 uh-huh. uh, when Natalie Portman came back and hosted, and they did Natalie's rap too. And those were the yeah main ones. It's 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 kind of fitting that um, they leave the show in 2012 because that's when I graduated from high school. Wow, and man. Um, yeah. yeah, so it's it was so weird because I'm I'm you know there that that was kind of them leaving the show was like wow you know. Um, one of those moments where you kind of look back and be like, these guys were really kind of part of my life for a long time. Yeah. And um, especially Andy Samberg, who would, I think, had a little bit of a rough period post SNL in terms of getting things going. Yeah. Um, but would would hit his stride eventually. And oh, I mean, I Bro- to... Brooklyn, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, dude. I mean. Yeah, Brooklyn Nine-Nine was huge for fantastic, him. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan even... of Popstar. I know you're not a big fan of Popstar. I, I know. I really, it just... <laughs> It was one of those ones where I'm just like, I'm not sure. I, I, it's one of those things where I was like, did I grow up past the Lonely Island? And and was oh, a weird moment for me. That's interesting. How old were you when it came out? Because that came out like the 18, 2018-ish? Oh, yeah. Like no, I was in college. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Or no, okay. post, maybe even post-college. Um, yeah, it was a weird moment. I was very much looking forward to it because I loved Hot Rod so much. Yeah. And there was so much about the Lonely Island that I re- still, still really enjoyed but I watched Popstar. 2016, and, by the way. It was 2016. Yeah, 2016. So that's when I graduated college. Oh, okay. All right. Um, so there was so much of it that I'm just like, it felt trapped in a time. Um, and as funny as it was at times, like the whole bit with Seal and the Wolves, fantastic. I've never seen my um, dad laugh harder at anything. I saw that movie yeah. with my parents. I thought my dad was going to pass out. He was laughing so hard at Seal getting attacked by wolves. Yeah. I, I, how do you think I got these scars? Like, yeah. uh, it's so good. Um, but I have to admit that I was unimpressed and I felt that I yeah. had somewhat moved on. It felt like I was watching guys that I was friends with, you know, a long time ago. And yeah, they were still kind of funny and I still liked them. They were nice yeah. guys. But I just, you know, they were kind of friends that you left behind uh, in, a, in a younger time. You. And yeah. it was it was weirdly heart. It, it kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah. But it also showed that, you know, people are capable of changing in terms of uh, how your own sense of humor grows. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that what you loved in the past isn't funny anymore necessarily, but that it's just kind of that it's, it's now who let me ask you about. Ago. So obviously that you, those are formative years. Cause I mean, I always look back at, yeah. I always look back at like the four years I was in high school with as my uh, police years, because the police's yeah. first record came out in early 79. Their last record came out in 83. Those were the exact years I was in high school. So my, my musical world was dominated by the police. So I can totally understand how at that time, something meant so much to you. 
Um, and maybe, you know, maybe I've stuck around with Sting longer than most people would. Valparaiso or whatever that damn uh, dude, song is. Love it. Love it. But anyway, uh, that may, so maybe that's like kind of your Andy Sandberg. You went to see Popstar and went, mm, I don't know. I listened to, you know, Nothing Like the Sun and thought it was brilliant. So that's just, that's, that's, yeah. that's the difference. Yeah, exactly. But, but, but did you stick with SNL? Now, because of The Lonely Island, did you become a bigger SNL fan? Did you watch it a little bit more? regularly even after they left um yes i still stuck around for a while because it still had some people there and it it got it got me into their side projects and other things like portlandia would become something that i watched a lot of because of fred armison yeah and granted he wasn't lonely on but he was an snl guy bill Hader became someone that i truly uh loved um, because of SNL and his involvement with the Lonely Island stuff. And, um, of that, course, that, Andy Samberg, uh, that, once he the, did, like, I'm a big fan of Palm Springs and I found it to be a remarkably mature performance from him. Absolutely. I agree with you. And it's interesting because that cast, uh, you know, the, the, the spillovers from that, that time period are all amazing. People have gone on to do incredible stuff like Sudeikis has gone on to do incredible. Oh I mean, God. obviously Ted yeah. Lasso, but his performance in, in, in uh, you know, Colossal is unbelievable and more than I would ever expect from him. And Hater, please, man. What he's gone on to do with Barry and him directing, he's like one of the best like directors of, of uh, episodic television ever now. Yeah. Um, the stuff that they've done, it was, they were an incredibly talented cast. I mean, you know, Kristen Wiig going on to do such incredible stuff. And mm-hmm. so yeah, it, was a, it was a great time period to be young, man. And I was old. I was an old man by that point. So. Oh come on, <laughs> get out of here, man! Yeah. So anyway, no, you're only you're, yeah. It's um, I, I look back on those years of SNL fondly, and I think the kind of truism about SNL, which is uh, the best cast is the one that was on in high school for you for for most people, not for, for most psychopaths yeah. like you. For psychopaths um, like me, that's not the case. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I was in uh, high school. When I was in high school, by the way, Tom, I was in high school uh, the final year of the original cast when, when Belushi and Aykroyd were already gone. And the, uh, the years that uh, Eddie Murphy kind of started to take off. So it was a yeah. rough time. I, you, that can't be my... Time, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no it can't rough... be. <laughs> no, it can't be. It can't be. The, <laughs> yeah. For all those Gen Xers that experience that, um, yeah. I, I hear therapy is useful. <laughs> um, yeah. So, but yeah, so, I, I, I consider myself really lucky to have experienced, I think, and, and I've gone back and watched stuff from the early days, and I have great reverence for the earlier cast, especially 90s and, uh, you know, the original early. cast as yeah, well, yeah. that, yeah, that yeah. 70s, early 80s. Yeah. Um, but I really think that SNL from the mid-2000s was just operating at a level and 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 maybe might be and, and certainly I'm sure there are people who would disagree with me. I know as you as an avid watcher of the show uh might disagree with me, but I'm not sure if SNL will ever have that level of cultural juice ever again. I think you're because right. it was still a time when people had to despite the fact that we had the clips it was still a time where those clips on YouTube, the early days of uh, video streaming and sharing, you still had to go. You would it would still drive people to the show because they're like, "Well, I want to watch it yep. before it goes viral." That's how things. They would still drive engagement in that way. And now we live in such a stratified world when it comes to when you're going to watch things, if you're going to watch things. Like people, like people were raving about 
totally unrelated to SNL, but like The Last of Us, a show that has really taken off and is getting ridiculous numbers for a show on HBO right now. I'm sure they'll be hitting near Game of Thrones numbers, but not quite Game of Thrones numbers. Like I waited three episodes to even touch it because I'm just like, well, you know, there's other things I want to watch. And uh, like SNL in the mid 2000s and um, into the early 2010s, uh that that show that cast just still had so much juice and could yeah. drive the conversation and can drive viewership and can drive people even though i know for a fact that snl has received some of its best ratings in years recently within yeah. the last what two three seasons yeah. Yeah, yeah they've received unbelievable ratings but i just don't know if it's driving the narrative as much as it reacts to the narrative i think you're you know you know what man that's a great way to sum it up that's a great way to end it too because that's exactly uh the kind of perspective that i was hoping to get from you uh, and you're absolutely right. I think you're right, man. I think you're right. I think there was a period of time. It was a very special and particular time period for the show and for the zeitgeist and for what was happening with technology. And uh, nobody captured it better than the Lonely Island guys. Nobody did. Um, nobody. And, it ch- and it changed the show forever. And you were a goddamn teenager when that happened. And I envy yeah. you. You know what oh, I mean? That's was, pretty fucking cool. That's pretty cool. It fucking was a cool. wild time, Nick. It yeah. was a wild time. We didn't know which way was up. We didn't know where MySpace <laughs> was from our Facebooks. That's right. We were we were watching uh, just, you know. Yeah. I mean, basically, like, between on the internet in that time, just to give a sense of how Wild West it was for being a teenager and having unfettered access to the internet, um, you could be watching SNL clips or literally guys getting beheaded in Syria. Like, it was... <laughs> Yeah, a really da- it was a really dangerous time, honestly, yeah. to be a kid with unfettered access to media, and it yeah. really, um, I think, having the Lonely Island there was so uh, it just it just changed my brain chemistry for a while, and yeah. I look back on it fondly. And even though I think I've ultimately moved past that style of comedy, I think it. It stands on its own, and I would happily show anybody any of this stuff if they were just like, like when I have kids, they're gonna be like, "Hey, Dad, what was 2006 <laughs> like?" I'd be like, "Boy, oh, well, let me introduce you to Laser Cats. Yeah, this it, is yeah, have a little know. fun with jizz in my pants. Like, uh, yeah, like enjoy oh that." God. Yeah. Well, listen, Tom, uh, a great perspective, dude. That's exactly why I wanted to talk to you uh, was oh, to get this you. kind of perspective, my man. Uh, and you know, I love you, buddy, and I will see you on a Friday morning soon. Okay. Absolutely, Nick. All right, uh, Tom Hush, uh, and uh, and uh, and his perspective on the Lonely Island guys on uh, that show hasn't been funny in years. Uh, as we say goodbye, and again, my thanks to Tom Hush for joining me again. You can hear uh, the Steve Cochran show on uh, WLS weekday mornings uh, from five thirty to nine. Tom is the executive producer of that show, and you can hear me on it uh, every other Friday reviewing movies on the Steve Cochran show on WLS. Uh, on mornings on the big 89 so my thanks to tom my thanks to you for listening and please uh spread the word and tell your people tell everybody to subscribe if you would like to leave a voicemail with your suggestions and requests for more snl podcasts wide open 773-417-6948 you can email me anytime nickdpodcast at gmail.com you can also reach me on my other podcast the nick d podcast on radio misfits my thanks to uh ed and everybody at radio misfits and my thanks to jason skaggs who is the genius behind the opening theme the closing theme and any other music that you hear on my podcast my thanks to jason please take the time to check out radiomisfits.com Tons of great webs or tons of great uh, podcasts on that website. Please take the time to rate and review us. Check us out on every platform. 
And we'll see you next time on That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, an SNL podcast. I'm Nick DiGilio. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Good night and have a pleasant tomorrow.